Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Tuesday edition of the program. So glad to have you with us today. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. We do this live each weekday at 11 a.m. Of course, you can catch us as a podcast at your availability. But uh, glad to have you today. Let's look at the show lineup for our Tuesday program, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, news notes, headlines of the day, a number of things to get to, uh, some recruiting information, a big uh, preseason mark, I think the first of many for Trace Jackson Davis as well. So we'll discuss that and uh, more coming up a little bit later in this opening segment. Later in the show, Mike Schumann, of the Daily Hoosier will join for the latest on IU basketball. We've got to get into football as well as we inch closer and closer to the start of the season and the opener for uh, IU against Illinois. Keep in mind, uh, Illinois in action in week zero. So the Indiana game for them is actually uh, the second game of the season that is just about ready to get underway. So excited to see that college football's here. Um, I, I don't know that I uh, sense the excitement from an IU standpoint. I think the IU football diehards are glad that the season is here, but so much focus and so much attention already on IU basketball for the upcoming year with the projections that they are receiving and perhaps being a front runner in the Big Ten Conference by a lot of the early uh, media folks and college basketball analysts out there. You know, a year or so ago, really at this time, uh, Indiana football was at an all-time high heading into the season, and uh, we were talking a lot more IU football in advance of the season, coming off the big, crazy 2020 All-Big Ten COVID season uh, and getting ready for last year when Indiana was projected to do really big things, but uh, that has just not been the case. So Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, our guest today, he'll join me in segment two, and then later in the hour we'll take a look at high school football for week two. Hard to believe we're already headed uh, into the opening weeks of the season. Week two will give us the first look at the Jeffersonville Red Devils, who I think are a sleeper team this season, and we'll give you the schedule and more on week two of high school football in the area coming up later in the program today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, as always, the Thornton's text line is open 
That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in questions, comments, suggestions, uh, anything on IU basketball, football, local sports. And I know some of you do take advantage of that. Love to hear from more of you that listen on a daily basis. 502-414-1450 is the number. It's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton Summer Cash Bash, not a Refreshing Rewards member. No problem. Text the word REWARDS to 80313 today. Let's get into some headlines and the big news, uh, and I think this is just the first of many preseason honors and recognitions for Indiana senior forward Trace Jackson Davis, but he was named a preseason All-American by the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook. It was announced on Monday afternoon. Uh, Armando Baycott of North Carolina, also a preseason All-America, as is uh, Kentucky center and rebounding machine Oscar Schwebe. Uh, Gonzaga forward Drew Timmy, Houston guard Marcus Sasser. Uh, those were the uh, preseason All-American honorees. So Trace Jackson Davis, Davis, who started all 35 games for the Hoosiers last season. He averaged 18.3 points, 8.1 rebounds, 2.3 blocks a game. He was second team All-Big Ten, a All-Big Ten defensive team honoree as well, and an All-Big Ten tournament team selection also last year. A banner year for him. Can he take that to another level? Can he uh, uh, add some additional uh, honors to that? Can he do more in the NCAA tournament uh, for the Hoosiers? But uh, a big start to the year for him being named a preseason All-American. I think he's the first preseason All-American since Thomas Bryant. So that takes you back a number of years. Uh, the first uh, preseason All-American by Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook, which is really kind of the Bible, the preseason Bible. A lot of people call it of college hoops. Uh, so a big honor for him and uh, a big honor for the IU program as well. Some recruiting news, not necessarily good recruiting news. We've discussed a lot in recent weeks the struggles that Indiana has had, recently at least, in the 2023 class. Those are guys that are seniors this upcoming high school basketball season. Well, another on that list that Indiana really targeted in the month of July and offered a scholarship early on in the month, Deshaun Harris-Smith, appears to be trending away from Indiana. There are lots of reports that he is nearing uh, making a college decision, and there are lots of thoughts out there from those that follow it very closely that Maryland could be his likely destination when he does pull the trigger and make an announcement. So if that happens, <clears throat> Harris Smith would just be the latest uh, 2023 target to spurn Indiana. I mean, Indiana has had so many guys they've been interested in, uh, so many guys that they have uh, offered scholarships to track closely during those live tournaments in July that for whatever reason just haven't worked out. And Harris Smith, like some of the others, uh, since the July live evaluation periods, he's been on campus. Uh, he was there for a visit. So um, 
I don't know, just not working out for some of the guys. Indiana uh, seems to have really been in on here the last uh, few weeks and, of course, in the month of July as well. Also, recruiting news to mention, uh, Ja'Kai Newton and Gabe Cups. They are both ranked in the latest 247 Sports Top 150 rankings for the class of 2023. Newton, who committed to IU back in October of 2021, is the number 87th ranked prospect nationally and is considered a four-star. Cups, who committed in November of 2021, is ranked number 107 and is also a four-star according to this 247 Sports Update. And just of interest, really the last remaining target that Indiana really has an in on right now in 2023 is a player named Arrington Page, and he's number 60 nationally and is considered a four-star as well. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, Michigan State commit Xavier Booker has really bounced up the rankings. Uh, he's number six in the latest 247 sports update, but he's even higher than that, I think, in some of the other national rankings from other services that are out there. So uh, just kind of an update on where things stand with some of the guys committed in 2023 and really Arrington Page, the remaining guy Indiana's uh, recruited. Now, with how crazy recruiting is, a lot can change. Uh, there will be late to changes, and, uh, of course, the transfer portal is always there as well. But Indiana was very active, very hot early in the 2023 class, getting Newton and then Cups basically within a four- or five-week period. And since then, they've had some whiffs when it comes to targets uh, in the 2023 class. Little, A uh, few other notes to pass along. Here in our opening segment today, uh, former IU player V.J. Blackman uh, has been named the strength and conditioning coach at Valparaiso uh, for their Division I men's basketball program. So uh, great to see Blackman, who's from a tremendous basketball family in our state, uh, return to the state after some opportunities playing for him uh, as the strength and conditioning coach at Valpo. And, you know, the Big Ten media rights, that's kind of been a big deal. It was finalized last week. And since then, there have been more rumblings about the Big Ten potentially uh, adding some Pac-10, Pac-12 schools. Uh, Oregon has been one of the rumored schools. I know Stanford and others have been mentioned previously. But I think that's something to pay attention to. It appears now that this media rights package is done and uh, the Big Ten has got quite the uh, the uh, uh, group of uh, national networks behind them that expansion in the conference for future seasons could not be done. Uh, there could be some more brewing, in fact, as we speak. So I think that's going to be an interesting topic to, to think about and uh, pay attention to even over the coming weeks and months as we get in to the college football season. And, of course, uh, with expansion of the Big Ten, Notre Dame still out there. I don't think anybody thinks that uh, the Fighting Irish are going to make a decision on conferences uh, here in the coming weeks or months and maybe even have some years ahead of them until they need to make that sort of commitment to the Big Ten or the SEC, but that's the big one out there for the Big Ten, really for the SEC too, but that's the big one. If they can get Notre Dame, Big Ten, that conference as a mega conference will really be in the driver's seat now that they've had added some teams, expansion uh, is going well for the Big Ten, and of course uh, the college, or excuse me, the television rights 
uh, deal is now solidified. That is a major package and a major win for the conference. Notre Dame, I think, would be the next big thing uh, for the Big Ten Conference. Also, Little League Baseball, been following the Indiana team from Hagerstown Little League over by the Ohio border in eastern Indiana, right next to Newcastle, Indiana. Uh, They've been playing well, but lost in extra innings, seven innings yesterday, their first game up in Williamsport, and uh, were defeated by the team from Tennessee. So Hagerstown back at it today in an elimination game. So what happens? You finally lose and get out of that winner's bracket. Boy, you the games come fast and furious, which really uh, can affect your pitching with limitations and pitch counts and, and so forth. But Hagerstown will be back at it today uh, in an elimination game. But no matter what happens, they've had a really nice run up at Williamsport. Hard to believe that just a few weeks ago that same Hagerstown team was battling with our local Jeffersonville Little League team in the first game of the Indiana State Tournament. Back and forth it was, uh, and Jeff faced their main pitcher and uh, did well for the first three or four innings, and uh, it was a nip-and-tuck ball game until the last few innings of the game when Hagerstown, I think, able to go on and win by three or four runs over Jeffersonville. But that same team, boy, they've had a lot of success winning the Great Lakes Regional, uh, winning a handful of games already up in Williamsport, and their first loss uh, in seven innings, an extra inning yesterday uh, to the Tennessee team. So we'll see if they can bounce back today and keep enough pitching intact to make a run later this week to the U.S. championship game. They're not far away from that as things stand uh, this week. And, of course, uh, then later in the weekend coming up, the the actual championship game against the international uh, winner as well. So fun stuff coming up for Little League. We'll see if Indiana can find a way to get there. And uh, that's a look at our headlines for this this August 23rd edition of the program, High School Football Week 2. We'll have uh, the schedule and more coming up on that a little bit later in the hour today. But in our next segment, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier joins. We've got IU football and basketball on tap with Mike. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. And for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest. We're going to get into IU football and basketball here in this segment. You can read Mike's work at thedailyhoosier.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at daily underscore Hoosier for all things IU basketball and football. Mike, you know, looking at upcoming college football games, it's hard to believe week zero, as it's coined these days, is set for this weekend. And as part of that, Illinois and Wyoming are going to play. So Indiana's opponent in week one, the opener for IU, we're going to get an early look at them this weekend, and that means college football season has arrived do this weekend and that is to to watch Illinois and kind of try to figure out what what they're all about this year and what to expect of course 
Tom Allen and everybody associated with, with the Indiana program will be keenly watching that game. It's an interesting dynamic on, on both sides, really, with, you know, Illinois getting the benefit of, you know, getting, you know, not, not necessarily a warm-up game, but, you know, I, I think most coaches would say if they can avoid injury, they, they'd rather go into a Big Ten game having something – under their belt, it's definitely hard to come straight from fall camp in, into a high-profile contest like what IU has. But at the same time, Indiana gets the benefit of, of watching Illinois and seeing what they're all about on, on both sides of the football, while on their side they've kept things very much under wraps during this offseason, so Illinois won't have that same luxury. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there's also a, a Big Ten game this weekend, Northwestern and Nebraska. So two conference teams doing battle. Just amazing that the season is here. And uh, the week zero, I guess, I, I'm not even sure if I can tell you from a national perspective what the bigger games this weekend are. But obviously, Illinois and any kind of Big Ten football, I know that we pay attention to. I like the early start. I like the teaser weekend. Uh, to get everybody set for the first full week of uh, college football. Yeah, I mean, we we learned with the the Big Ten new media rights deal, college football uh, generates a lot of interest, a lot of revenue, and I think this is just another way to kind of tease out some some interest, tease out some some money, and, and kind of put a new twist on the season. I, I agree, it's a, it's a fun way to get things started. All right, Mike, we are uh, close to the season. IU, we know uh, there's going to be no formal announcement of uh, who its starting quarterback will be, which is kind of a bummer, I think, for fans. I guess maybe there is some competitive advantage to the team not knowing for sure who your starting QB is going to be. But, you know, as I watch Sports Center in the morning or catch the, the local news, the local sports at night, uh, different teams uh, announcing, this is the time of year where each team announces their their starting quarterback if there's been a real race in the offseason. And Indiana doesn't get that. The fans don't get that. But I guess is there a competitive advantage um, for uh, Indiana to, to keep this thing under wraps? I mean, the team and the players and the coaches are going to know. Either they know now or they will soon. But is there really an advantage for IU in this upcoming game against Illinois to keep uh, that under wraps? Yeah, I mean, I think there is. The question is how significant is it really um, and how much is anybody really being fooled by by this approach? Um you know, I think, especially in the case of Connor Basilak, there, there's a, there's a lot of film of him out there. You know, as a you know, I think he's played 20 games with Missouri in the SEC, and Jack Tuttle's played enough at this point. So, you know, if if the the basic benefit is, you know, how much time you're going to invest preparing for one guy versus another. Um, you know, studying the film, studying their tendencies, their weaknesses. Uh, what you want to kind of force them into that that's the biggest benefit in my mind I mean the other thing Indiana has going forward is a new offensive coordinator um, and a whole new system that that really nobody has seen on film since there was no spring game and uh, nothing else other than kind of Walt Bell's history as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach so coupling those two things together I think there is a lot of mystery on the offensive side of the football for Indiana. Um, but it, but it's certainly not like, you know, you got two diametrically opposite quarterbacks, you know, one that, that runs all the time and another who's a pro style quarterback. I mean, I don't see a lot of major, major differences in Tuttle and Basilak, to be honest. I think that it's more in the nuances and that, you know, obviously smart football guys over at Illinois, that's the stuff that they would 
hone in on and dissect. Um, so maybe that, that is the ultimate benefit there if you're Indiana. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's a change of course for Indiana as well. I mean, in 2019, you had Penix and Ramsey battling it out to the end, and they did make an announcement on, you know, the Monday at the, the game week. I think it was Ball State that week. Uh, so that, that also speaks to the significance of the first game. I think if we had a different opponent here, uh, you might, you might get that announcement, but I just think Tom Allen knows how critically important this first game is and he's leaving nothing to chance. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> definitely, excuse me, definitely a big win for Indiana, uh, as they start the season. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the QB situation. Uh, we've highlighted some different position, uh, strengths and maybe even weaknesses for IU football with you in recent weeks. But as we gear up for the season, now that you've had a chance to see a little bit in some fall camp practices, you've had a chance to interview Coach Allen and some of the different coaches and players in the media sessions that they've had. Do you have like a, a a three or four player list to watch guys you think could have breakout seasons or could be very important for this uh, IU football team for fans to be on the lookout for as the season gets here? Yeah, I mean, definitely a name that's generating a lot of buzz. I've written about him. Others have as well. Uh, Cam Camper, wide receiver. You know, a lot, he's a Juco guy, and a lot of times the Juco guys kind of come in under the radar. You know, it's not like a highly decorated recruit with stars and rankings and all that stuff people don't really know or understand what you're going to get and and he's a guy that you know out of high school had no uh d1 college offers uh started out as a walk-on at at sam houston state um but grew a couple inches kind of found his groove in juco and now you know I, i you know no announcement's been made but i wouldn't be surprised at all to see him line up out on the edge is one of the, the two outside starting wide receivers. So it's, it's a major step for him. I, I just think he's got everything going for him. He's six, two, he's, he's fast, he's twitchy, he's physical. He, you know, he really pops in, in fall camp in the parts that we're able to see. Um, and I, you know, I've heard that he's doing the same in the scrimmages. So he, he's a guy I definitely have my eye on, on the offense as well as, Sean Shivers, who I don't think is any big surprise as far as the name goes, but it's another person that Indiana fans haven't seen. Uh, the Auburn transfer, you know, kind of a similar situation to, to Stephen Carr last year where he was in a high-profile program but never really had the keys in terms of being the, the number one running back. And so it'll be interesting. Again, nothing announced, but interesting to see if, if he is that guy this year for Indiana who, you know, runs out on the first snap and pretty much plays as much time as he can handle at running back. Defense is more, you know, a lot of returning veterans. I think the the number one competition that I've got my eye on is that Micah McFadden role from from a year ago. I I think, you know, it's not abundantly clear just yet who's going to fill that spot. There's a lot of talk about Aaron Casey, who's a longtime program veteran that, that could step into that role. Uh, I think they also got, you know, Brandon Jennings from from Miami as a transfer. I think those are your main two competing, as well as Desan McCullough, true freshman out of Bloomington South, uh, son of former running backs coach Dylan McCullough. That's also, you know, pretty clearly going to have some role in this defense as, as a first year player, both in that linebacker spot as well as maybe out on the outside in the bull position. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier talking football 
to get us started here on this Tuesday program. I want to transition to basketball, and with that, uh, some uh, a little bit of news here as we've been on the air, and I think you just posted a story uh, on this at thedailyhoosier.com, but Xavier Johnson uh, of Indiana, it looks like finally has some closure on his arrest back in April uh, that kind of left a little uncertainty about what his future uh, at IU would be like, but uh, it, it, it appears everything is working its way out, and maybe you can give us a brief update on what came out with that earlier today. Yeah, if people recall, he had a, a track traffic incident in April that had a couple elements to it, a, a high-level speeding aspect and also a resisting arrest aspect where where I think he you know, pulled his car off and tried to, to hide from the, the officer that was trying to pull him over, uh, the, the latter being a felony, the, the former being a misdemeanor. So I think what happened today based on court records that have been published is that he pled guilty to the misdemeanor and the felony was dismissed, and I think that concludes the case. I think there's some other, you know, nuances, some community service and um, time already served uh, type stuff. But I think that does actually conclude the the legal proceeding aspect of it. There's still the, you know, how IU is going to handle it aspect. I, I don't think Coach Woodson has ever spoken publicly about the incident, so we still have to, you know, find out is Xavier Johnson going to be suspended for a few games or how exactly Indiana's going to handle it internally, if anything at all. So I think that that's the update. I think, you know, I, I'm certainly no legal expert, but people I've spoken to over the last several months, this outcome was pretty much exactly what they were saying would happen. It seems pretty consistent with what happens in cases like this. You, you plea down to the to lesser charge and, you know, you have time already served or, you know, Time is suspended, and so doesn't doesn't seem like um, anything shocking when when you talk to the the legal minds and how people thought this would actually play out. I, I think the more interesting aspect of it, honestly, is going to be how IU handles it. Yeah, absolutely. The other big uh, news of the day is Trace Jackson Davis named a preseason All-American by Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook. That's a publication that's been around for years. It's really kind of what I call the preseason Bible of college basketball. There's the old magazine format, big thick book. Uh, There also is a digital format now, like everything else in the digital world. But that's a big honor. If you look back over the years at those that have been bestowed upon that honor, and for Trace Jackson Davis and IU, that's a big early preseason recognition for him. I I feel like it will be the first of many for him and for Indiana uh, this preseason as we start to talk more seriously about basketball in the Big Ten Conference but uh, TJD, uh, that's a big honor for him. Yeah, no doubt, and no doubt that it comes as a byproduct of you know lofty expectations for Indiana as a team. You don't generally see those sort of predictions for individuals unless there's also a team element as well. I think all the other guys that were part of that blue ribbon preseason All-American, you know, all those guys are you know top fifteen, top twenty teams. Interestingly, all or most big guys as well, just kind of highlighting the the transition of college basketball to, you know, it's stars, or at least it's veteran stars being big men, uh, kind of taking us back to the old days of college basketball where big men dominated the game. Um, it's just an interesting transition with the, the skills that the NBA emphasizes, uh, 
Um, you know, guys like Jackson Davis, um, like Kofi Coburn a year ago, you know, maybe not having the right skill set just yet for an NBA perspective, but able to be, you know, the best of the best at the college level. It's really interesting how that's all kind of transpired here over the last five to 10 years and, and really, you know, hitting a culmination right now. Um, you know, that also interesting about that is that it's the first time anybody from Indiana has received that honor since Thomas Bryant going into the 16-17 season, um, which is also kind of the last time Indiana as a team has been kind of in this position of having some pretty significant expectations around it. So fun times for IU basketball fans for sure. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Thomas Bryant. I, I thought he was the last guy to receive that honor and really to get a lot of a big time attention heading into the season, uh, but really, you know, the, the, I was trying to think back. Other players that have had the type of hype and uh, the the early the preseason recognition that Trace has, and uh, Trace and Thomas Bryant over the last number of years are are really the first two that that I can think of. It's you know, Indiana's had some solid players, but in these down years, there haven't been a lot of guys receiving uh, some of these big time uh, preseason honors. But Trace and Thomas Bryant are the two. Yeah, and you probably, before Thomas, you probably have to go back to Cody Zeller, his sophomore year, to, to find find the next one. Um, obviously, Victor Oladipo ended up having a major junior season, but I don't think that was quite as expected going in. I think Cody had most of the expectations going into that year, and complete sidebar, it looks like he got engaged yesterday, so congratulations to him. Absolutely. Let's talk a little recruiting. Things have been, uh, I don't want to say concerning, but definitely slow for Indiana in the 2023 class. Yes, they had the two early commitments in October and November of last year from uh, Newton and Cups. That all happened very quickly, really five weeks or so, two commitments. But since then, no real additions to the class. And a lot of the guys that Indiana watched so closely in July, and even some of them made their way to campus after those live periods, they've chosen other destinations. And it appears that that is getting ready to happen uh, with Deshaun. Harris Smith. He uh, has got Indiana in his final list, but there's some reports out there and some thoughts by by those, especially in the know with Maryland recruiting, that uh, he could be prepared to select Maryland uh, when he does make his decision. So things just not going, I'm sure, the way the coaches had hoped in 2023. Uh, I guess the two early commitments really helped things out, but here of late, Indiana's ran into a lot of roadblocks. Yeah, and I, I think it's fair to say the the uh, two early commitments probably also play a role now as well. I mean, I think any 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 kid of the stature that that we're talking about, top one hundred type kids, you know, look at a roster and want to see a path to the floor right away. Um, and you know, nothing in college basketball stays static. So you also have the element, you know, the last couple guys. Indiana has either lost or, as you say, apparently will lose to Maryland. Um, you know, a year ago, Maryland wasn't really posing a threat in the recruiting world, uh, even in their home backyard in, in the DMV. And and now, you know, Jamie Kaiser, a guy IU wanted, you know, very much so. And then Sean Harris-Smith here is somebody they tried to get in on late, both from the Washington, D.C. area. You know, Maryland has a new head coach in Kevin Willard and seems to have new momentum. So, um, you know, n- nothing stays uh, static in-, in the world of college basketball. And so that that seems to be what's going on. And for Indiana, 
you know, they do have a stacked roster right now. Uh, guys see that they they don't see okay, I'm I'm going to be able to play as a freshman, um, and and that plays a role. Um, they they see you know Jalen Hood, Shapino, they see Gabe Cups and Jakai Newton, and there's probably easier paths to the to the court elsewhere. You know, everybody knows that they can transfer if, it, if things don't work out. So. Um, the, that's just where we are in the game. Um, Indiana is very much focused on, on 2023 big man, Arrington page. If they could land him, that would be a third, you know, player right around the top 100 in the 2023 class. And, and, you know, if you really look up and down college basketball and specifically the big 10, you know, you're, you're only going to find on an annual basis maybe three or four teams that land three top 100 kids in a class. And so while it feels at the moment like Indiana's kind of taken a step back in this class, if they do indeed land Page, that's going to put them in the upper third of the Big Ten in, in 2023. And then looking forward, you still have you know, transfer portal as an option for, for late additions going into next spring, as well as the always uh, lucrative you know, late spring coaching change market that Indiana has capitalized on here in the, in the last couple of years where they landed both Tamar Bates and Malik Renault. So um, I, I don't see it as panic time. You know, it always stings when you lose kids that, that you, uh, that you push and put so much time into, but at the same time, you're, you're always going to miss more than you hit in college basketball recruiting. All right, Mike, a couple topics for you, and we'll wrap it up for today. Um, thinking about uh, back to the weekend, I know we on yesterday's show we recapped a lot of what happened at the NIL opportunity for the players, the Fan Fest on Saturday night. It was a busy weekend uh, in Bloomington with three or four different events tied into this overall theme of a fan weekend. Any takeaways from that weekend as it comes to IU players and performances? I know it was a very short scrimmage uh, as we thought it would be uh, a good opportunity for fans to, to see players to meet greet uh, get some autographs from players but obviously at, at first and foremost is their health and staying healthy uh, for the upcoming season with official practices not terribly far away uh, but any takeaways from what little dab of a scrimmage uh, that was on display Saturday at Assembly Hall um, nothing of any real substance you know and that's nothing about this past weekend i'd say the same thing about hoosier hysteria here in october i i just don't put too much into kind of you know contest or scrimmages where, where they're not really going at full effort um you know of course it's nice to see trace jackson davis hit three pointers everybody loves to see that but i don't think you can put too much on that you're talking about you know you know, not him not really being defended, you know, not really going at game speed. Um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons why I wouldn't look into that. Um, you know, Tamar Bates looking really good in the three-point contest. You know, certainly there's nothing bad about that, but I, I certainly, until you see it happen out on the floor against live competition, I'm not going to put too much into it. I, I think the real story of, of the weekend is just, the NIL side of it and the guys, you know, just spending a few hours on the court and making a good chunk of change, having some good positive interaction with the fans. I don't think there's anything negative at all about that side of it. And I think that's the, the true story of the weekend. 
Yeah, I agree. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Big Ten media rights are final. Uh, Obviously, I think everybody agrees a big win for Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. Now that media rights are secured and we understand uh, the national opportunity really ahead of the Big Ten, especially basketball and football, uh, is this the time where expansion talk will resume? I know there have been some rumblings about Oregon and other uh, West Coast schools do you think that uh, expansion talk uh, or expansion happens even further sooner rather than later, or is this a waiting game for Notre Dame? Any any thoughts or, or projections there? It, it just seems so incredibly fluid right now. Like you know, one day you'll hear reports from people you respect saying, "Okay, the kind of the talks have tapered off. Maybe nothing will happen here in the, in the next couple of years." And then you see reports yesterday where Oregon was apparently at the table, you know, you hear Washington, you hear Notre Dame. So um, I I think we're in that stage of nothing would be too terribly surprising at this point in time. I do think as a big picture item, they're they're definitely not done with this. I think, you know, they will end up in the, in the range of 20 teams here, whether it's, you know, in the next year or the next two to three years, it's just more a question of who and how soon that happens. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, he's with us Tuesdays as we talk all things IU football and basketball. Mike, enjoy the start of college football this weekend, and when we talk again next week, it will be game week for the Hoosiers. We'll know a lot more about Illinois football, and maybe we can guess a little bit more about who the starting quarterback uh, will actually be for this Indiana team. We'll see if we can get any leaks or find out anything officially, but uh, Mike, as always, thanks for the chat today, and uh, look forward to next Tuesday already. Thank you so much, Matt. Always enjoy it. Absolutely. We will head to a commercial break and come back with our final segment here on this Tuesday program. We will take a look ahead to week two of high school football uh, and give you the rundown of games and some thoughts on those games as well. Of course, in week two, it's debut week for the Red Devils of Jeff after their week one game uh, was canceled with Bell County, Kentucky. And so we'll get a first look at the Red Devils coming up on Friday night. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program, the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. A look ahead at week two of high school football here on this Tuesday. Uh, No bigger game in week two than Charlestown coming off of their dominant win over Silver Creek. They will play at Brownstown Central on Friday. You hate to make too much importance of a week two ball game, but this really does have the field 
of a Mid-Southern Conference. I hate to call it a championship game in Week 2, but whoever wins is definitely by far in the driver's seat. And Charlestown, if they can win this one, they've got a very favorable schedule the rest of the way. Again, you don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves very early, but uh, they've got a chance if they can get by the Braves, who are always tough competition in the conference, I think, to run the table the rest of the way, given their schedule. So that's a real game to follow in week two as far as the storylines go surrounding that one. But other games as well. I think Jeff at Seymour is going to be interesting. Seymour lost their opener to Greenwood. I think the Red Devils can pick up a win here in week one. I'm not sure that we fully know this Jeff team. We know some of the key players and some of the returners. We know who they lost, but there are some new faces in this program that I think over the first few weeks of the season uh, we'll get a chance to see. Of course, Jeff didn't play on Friday. Their game against Bell County, Kentucky was canceled. The Red Devils unable to find a replacement opponent, but that's another game I've got circled that I think will be very interesting uh, on this Friday night. Floyd Central has another challenge. They will, for the second week in a row, take on a Louisville team. They'll play at Manual in downtown Louisville on Friday night. So uh, Floyd Central, a rough start to the season, tough way to begin the year. Uh, it's going to be, I think, week four or five until we really understand what this Floyd Central team can do against normal competition, uh, Hoosier Hills conference-level competition. When you take on mail and manual to start the year, uh, you're uh, you're going at it a very tough way. There's no question about that. New Albany is at Gibson Southern. Gibson Southern was able to get past Terre Haute South in their opener last weekend. New Albany battled early, but then lost to Bloomington South. And I think New Albany is going to be a team that gets better as the season goes on. Uh, they lost so much from that semi-state, really surprise semi-state team a year ago, but that's another game set for Friday night. Clarksville, who had a big win in week one of the season uh, over Scottsburg, they will take on uh, the uh, West Washington team on Friday and will look for their second 2-0 start in three seasons when they play at West Washington uh, on Friday. Salem is at Silver Creek, so the Dragons uh, will have a chance to bounce back after their loss on Friday to start the season to Charlestown, and also on Friday night, Providence uh, is in uh, in action. Actually, Providence without a game in Week Two because of Rock Creek going to eight man football. So the Pioneers will not have a game this Friday. Really odd. The first two weeks of the season. Jeff Idle because of the Bell County, Kentucky cancellation, and now Providence Idle with the late decision by Rock Creek based on numbers or lack of numbers to move down uh, to eight-man football. It's a new pilot program being offered by the Indiana High School Athletic Association. So it uh, kind of feels like, I, I don't want to say this and jinx us or anything, but it kind of feels like the weird start we had in the 2020 COVID season when you didn't know who was going to play play and teams were missing games and schedules weren't what they were supposed to be. Uh, just a couple, I think, of anomalies here that we'll, we'll get back on track as we move in later to the season. But yeah, Providence, after their big win over Bethlehem on Friday, they will be idle this Friday evening as well. So that's a look at the schedule uh, this week, a number of interesting games, none bigger to me than Charlestown at Brownstown. That is going to be very interesting. And kind of looking back at week one of high school football 
Big performances across the board by Charlestown. Providence had a number of big performances as well in their win. But how about Robert Lamar, uh, senior for the Generals? He ran 34 times against Scottsburg for 266 yards and four touchdowns. He also had one reception for 20 yards. Uh, he does a lot for the Generals, and he's going to be, I think, the type of player that week in and week out of Clarksville is going to win some games, and I think they will. He's going to have some really, really big stat lines uh, as the running back for Clarksville. But he uh, picked up this season, as he had in his previous time uh, at uh, Clarksville, with some big numbers to start uh, this senior year. And Robert Lamar, one of the key performances from week one. And again, Charlestown, a number of big performances uh, in their win over Silver Creek. Providence had a number of players just looking through the box score uh, that really had some big games as well. So uh, big starts, I think, for some of our teams. And we'll see what things look like uh, in week two as the weekend gets here a little bit later in the week. Uh, let's see. A couple other things. If you miss our live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available really wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. You can also, in Apple uh, Podcast, leave a rating and a review. That'll help us connect with others that might be interested in a, a radio program and a podcast about IU basketball and football and, of course, sports from a Southern Indiana perspective as well. Our football game of the week, as far as a broadcast, uh, will be on 94.7 FM on Friday night, and that is Floyd Central looking for their first win as they'll take on a solid uh, Louisville Manual team who got a win in week one of the season. So Floyd will look to bounce back after a 42-7 loss uh, to Mail when they play at Manual Stadium on Friday, a manual winner over Louisville Central on Friday night in that game. Had a text come in about Gabe Cups that is he transferring high schools for his senior year. No, he is not. Somehow there was a rumor, I don't know how it got started on Twitter, social media, uh, that he was going to go to some prep academy. I think it was out in California or somewhere, but he quickly came back and said that was not true. I've never said that. No plans to do that. And obviously when I first saw it, I thought it's weird because his father is the coach of the Centerville, Ohio team that he plays for. Of course, Cups has been committed to IU now since late 2021. Uh, but no, he is going to be at Centerville, Ohio. They will play at New Albany uh, over the holidays or in December, so that game is still set. Uh, but yes, there was a rumor that he was going to leave, but uh, that is not the case. Gabe Cups will be back, he confirmed uh, on social media yesterday uh, when that announcement somehow started circulating that he was going to go to a school in California and finish up his high school career there. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. I'll be back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. for more discussion on the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Until then, this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.